Chapter Twenty Seven of Women in History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Gonzalez. Women in History by Anonymous. Chapter Twenty Seven. Catherine of Aragon. Was first married to Henry the Eighth's elder brother Arthur, who died before he concluded his sixteenth year. Henry the Seventh, divided between his policy and his conscience, first contracted her to his son Henry, and afterwards, when the latter reached his fourteenth year, becoming alarmed, insisted on in his formally renouncing the engagement. Yet, strange as it may appear, this renunciation was not communicated to her father, nor to the princess for whose marriage with Henry a papal dispensation has been procured. Meanwhile, Henry's heart became touched by the amiable qualities of Catherine. He showed no disinclination to the match, and on the 3rd of June, about six weeks after his father's death, the marriage took place, which was afterwards the cause of such important changes. It was followed by the ceremony of the coronation, performed on excessive cost, and with great magnificence. The age was one of feudal splendour, and the pageant, as it has been abridged by an amiable modern historian, presents us with a lively and peculiar picture of the times. On the day preceding, the solemnity, the king and queen went from the tower to Westminster, through the Table Street streets, lined with the city companies in their best display. Beneath rows of crimson velvet, feared with ermine, the king wore a coat of raised gold, with a tablet shining with rubies, emeralds, great pearls, and diamonds, nine children of honour, and great causes, and dressed in blue velvet, powdered with fleur-de-lis in gold, presented the nine kingdoms which he governed or claimed england france gascony guienne normandy anjou cornwall wales and ireland following her richly dressed retinue the queen was seen seated in a magnificent litter or chariot borne by two milk-white palfreys her person was clothed in embroidered satin with her hair hanging down her back at a great length beautiful and goodly to behold and on her head a coronal set with manner rich and orient stones after the procession and coronation had terminated the joust and tournament succeeded and were peculiarly magnificent the king and queen were stationed in a rich edifice made within the palace of westminster where from a fountain and its cascades at many places red white and claret wine poured out of mouths of various animals the trumpets sounded to the field and the young gallants and noblemen gorgeously apparelled ended it taking up the ground shaking their horses and throwing them on their haunches and they afterwards journeyed together time passed it was now five years since henry had separated himself from the society of his queen and solicited a divorce and for three years he had lived in such familiar intercourse with anne boleyn that no doubt could be entertained regarding the nature of connection between them the situation of the marchioness of pembroke at length confirmed this in the most unequivocal manner and the king, becoming alarmed for the legitimacy of his expected offspring, determined to make her his wife. The marriage was performed, the party separated as quietly as she had assembled, and Viscount Rochefort was dispatched to communicate the event to the king of France and request him to send the confidential minister to England. The divorce from Catherine was accomplished for the king by the ingenuity of his counsellors. Intimation was now sent to Catherine that she must in the future be contented with the style of dowager princess of wales 
all persons were prohibited from giving her the title of queen and her income was reduced to the sum settled upon her by prince arthur her first husband the ungrateful intelligence was conveyed to her personally by duke of suffolk and considering the general mildness of her deportment was received with unwonted indignation she declared that she was and ever would remain the queen and that before she would renounce that title she would be hewn in pieces as to her removal to any other residence where she was to have a new household and commence a new life as princess dowager she peremptorily refused to give her her consent they might bind her with ropes but willingly she would never go End of chapter 27